welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I'm your host, Danny Kay. With me, as always, is the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Green Elite. How you doing, Green? I'm getting so tired of my damn hair. <laughs> but I'm doing great. Like, I'm ready to cut it off. But, you know, it's for the it's for the kids, so. Ferda. Ferda. Ferda kids. Ferda kids. Ferda kids, so. With me. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing fantastic, and I am very excited for the show. And with us, most of the time, it's the powerful, the beautiful, it's the Revs fan. Padre, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I've had a very energetic and productive day. Um, And I found out that the medium drops in two days, so I get to cover that on next week's show, and I've been waiting on that game for so long. Fucking A. Dude, I'm excited for you. There's jump in my courts. <laughs> we're not. We're just gonna let that be without context. Uh, people 100% can 100% without context. 100% without context. Our guest this week is. Uh, this is the second time you have been on the show. Uh, I'd like to introduce you guys. Reintroduce you guys to Mr. Brandon Cole, aka Super Blind Man. Brandon, how are you doing today? Well, it's good to be back. Number one, uh, I'm doing great today. Looking forward to talking about uh, things I could not talk about. Last time I was on this show, uh, it's going to be, I think, a, an eye-opening, revealing show for your listeners out there. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, game got to rec- rec- uh, recognize game that that pun there. Uh, I think last time, I think I said eye-opening a few too many times for comfort and swapped to enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh brandon for those who maybe haven't seen the episode or who are not familiar with your work who are you and what do you do i am a creature of many hats i am a most importantly i am an accessibility advocate and consultant working in the video game industry i am also a streamer a content creator a blogger a podcaster myself um you know youtuber that kind of thing and uh and a, a voice actor also on the side yeah, and when you say uh, consul- um, an accessibility consultant, uh, what does that mean? Kind of like the nittier, grittier uh, definition for folks yeah. who uh, might not right. be familiar with your work. So what I do as a job is I go to game developers and I say, hey, game developer, wouldn't you like everyone to be able to play your game? And wouldn't everyone include the totally blind as well? And if they say, why, yes, it would then I will work with them to make their game as accessible to the totally blind as I can. Now, uh, totally blind consulting is my specialty. There are other accessibility consultants that consult on other types of disability accessibility, but I specialize in totally blindness because I am totally blind. So there you go. Yes. Uh, real quick, we, we got a question in the chat, and it is anyone I'd recognize for voice acting? Any uh... Possibly. If you have played... The fairly well-known RPG called Pillars of Eternity. And yes, you will recognize me because I am, number one, the benevolent male character voice for your character. So you can choose my voice as your, your player character. And number two, I am several voices in the expansion content, including an ogre, a mercenary captain, um, a really, really mean son of a gun named Peldon, who you'll probably kill if you meet him. Um, <laughs> Uh, and several other voices as well. So yeah, that's my biggest credit to date um, in terms of video games. I've done some smaller work, but uh, I, I do want more video game work, but uh, that's my biggest credit to date is Pillars of Eternity. But yeah. 
Excellent. Um, and then just Congrats for on that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a that's a pretty good get. Yeah, it, I I I really like it, and, and I I was kind of hoping that uh, it would kind of become a jump off point for me because I really love voice acting. I I will primarily I will always say that I'm primarily a consultant and accessibility advocate. I will always primarily say that, but I love voice acting. I really do, and I want to do more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I got a few more just generalized questions here, and then we can get into some of the meat of the show. Um, for Anyone who's interested about your consultancy work, what have uh, what's like the most recent or the biggest name project that you've worked on? <laughs> Let me load that question for you. <laughs> I mean, you you didn't just load it. Like you you like make you get you put a noisemaker on it. <laughs> you made it so it would shoot fireworks when I answered the question. Okay, <laughs> the the biggest project that I'm worked on, that I've worked on as a consultant, the, the the most known project, not the only project by any means, but the most known project is by far. The Last of Us Part Two. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am the one who is responsible for that game being totally playable by the blind. Last time I was on this show, I mentioned this big, big thing that I couldn't talk about, and it was The Last of Us Part Two. That's what it was. Yes, there's a lot That's I could crazy. say. There's a lot I could say. Um, it's uh, it was it was a pure unbridled joy to work on that game for three years i worked on that game and uh it's it's an honor every time something comes up about that game i i feel it all over again and i I really mean that like today uh i i was gonna i mentioned this uh kind of uh cryptically before the show started but uh today the last of us 2 received the distinction of having defeated the witcher 3 for the most awarded game of all time and if you think about this, the reason I'm feeling this one is because several outlets this this past year added accessibility awards to their listings. The Last of Us 2 won almost every accessibility award it was nominated for. So I am partially responsible for The Last of Us 2 winning the most awards of all time. So That's a big deal. When I, when I go deal. to write this episode description and promote this episode should i say award-winning accessibility expert please brandon do. cole please do because it's it's true the last was two has won accessibility awards uh at the game awards ign i mean everywhere that has an accessibility award now a lot of places didn't let you know the year before but everywhere that does you know in this past for this past year last was two pretty much swept those awards and you know it, the last was two has more than blind accessibility in it but blind accessibility is absolutely part of it, and one of the biggest parts. No, not, not, not at all, not at all belittling any of the other consultants or any of the other accessibility features in the game. But there has not been, before The Last of Us 2, there has not been a game as blind accessible. It just didn't exist. There was no AAA game that is accessible like The Last of Us 2 is now. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um... it's a big deal. Last thing, uh, some of your ads, your website. I uh, shared a link to your website, brandoncole.net, here in the live chat. That'll also be in the episode mm-hmm. description. Uh, where are some other people, uh, other places people can find you at? You can find me in a lot of places. You can find me on the YouTubes at youtube.com slash superblindman. Uh, Twitch is also twitch.tv slash superblindman. On the Twitters, twitter.com slash superblindman. I'm superblindman basically everywhere. Even on PlayStation Network, superblindman there too. Um... Yeah, so basically that's those are the places. Uh, you can also go to, if you if you'd like to 
check out breakdownwalls.net. It is a website uh, that my fiance and I started. It's a movement we have to bring together disabled and non-disabled gamers and streamers and general human beings to just generally be lift each other up, be kind to each other, and just be awesome, you know? Just breaking down those barriers and answering questions and supporting each other, and it's it's good. It's good stuff. Check it out. Awesome. Now that we got that uh, introduction out of the way and people now are familiar with who you are, we do have a question of the week this week that, we, uh, that you provided us here. And our question of the week this week is, if there was a game made about you, would you hire a voice actor to play you, or would you play yourself? Guys, let us know in the chat right now or in the comment section of YouTube, or you can even tweet out at us uh, if you guys are interested in doing that. Um, I, uh, I would like to go ahead and point out that uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite would 100% voice me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he's doing a lot of voices for anyone these days. <laughs> if, uh... If, it, if anybody uh, doesn't know who Bobcat Goldthwait is, you're probably too young to be a part of this show. <laughs> um, can I can I just say that I would like to have Rachel Messer voice me? I would like to give Rachel That's Messer the challenge. An interesting choice. <laughs> you know, I, we all know that you have a little feminine uh, aspects to your voice, so I think she could nail it. Probably. And even even like if she didn't attempt like a, a feminine aspect, she could still nail it because she's a boss. So, yes, I give I give 100 percent respect to any voice actor. So, well, thanks. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, voice actors like I, I have uh, a lot of uh, uh, respect for voice actors because I, I myself hate my voice. So I like to see other people that are like phenomenal with like how they manipulate and use their voices is just wow it's wow <laughs> very wow 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 um so now that the meat of the show is over or not the meat of the show uh, now that the intro really, to the show, we can it. get into the meat. Yeah. Um, of course, guys, if you miss any part of the show, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And uh, Rev, you've got a game. Oh. What, me? <laughs> I have a game? You never have games. I never get to talk about obscure indie games from 2014. Oh, wait, I did that exact thing last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, so... I, I did. Uh, I, I did get to play. Uh, I picked my. I didn't get to. I just did. Uh, I picked up a game called Jazz Punk. Um, now, people who are familiar with this game, they'll understand. They'll be like, "Oh God, that game." Yeah. Well, unlike Broken Age, this was a dumpster fire wrapped into a car wreck in the best way imaginable. Um, so, like Broken Age was the. You know, I talked about it. I, I think it was last week that I talked about it. Um, pretty sure it was. It, you know, you got to play this amazingly written story with all these nice twists and turns, all this amazing artwork and stuff. Jazz Punk is not that, any of it. Um, Jazz Punk is an amazing, amazing ode to making fun of itself. Um, so basically, you play a spy uh, named Polly Blank. You never get to see yourself, but all the characters in, in this game look like uh look like knockoff little mini tyke characters like you remember those toys from when you were a kid that had like just the perfectly round heads and then like the round bodies but the legs kind of coned down like there were no there wasn't two legs it was like one little leg that coned all the characters look like that uh they like none of them have facial features but uh i want to preface this with i was walking around with a quarter a quarter in my hand and i ran into what appeared to be a robot prostitute and for about a quarter of a second, I got laid. And then she said, thanks, sugar, in a 
robotic voice and walked away. If that doesn't set the tone for what kind of game this is, I don't know what will. But essentially, like I said, you you play a character named Polly Blank, and your you know your job is to infiltrate uh, so well what is kind of representative of Soviet Russia. Um, but you live in a timeline where Japan conquered America, so you're from Japerica, I think is what it was called. Um, but I will say this: I will say this. The humor is fantastic. If you're looking for a, a goofy little game that just like is super silly, this game is for you. It's got crude humor. It's got dumb dad jokes. It's got the most off-the-wall ridiculous crap. Um, but there is actually there is a story in it, even though it doesn't make very much sense. Um, the, like, the voice, the voice actors in it are trash, uh, but purposefully. Like, you can tell it's purposefully trash, like, for the sake of being funny. Uh, I will say this, though. For as goofy and everything as it is, I never ran into a single glitch in the gameplay. There was nothing super like anti-intuitive about it. It was just, it was it it was fun. I will say that it was fun. Uh, I do recommend it for anybody who has a dumb sense of humor like me, because like as I'm sitting here talking trash about it, I like Loki had the most fun playing it. I walked away with like two dozen clips just of reactions to random crap that happened in the game. You get to beat up a car like you're playing Street Fighter too. It's it's pretty awesome. Uh, all in all, I would recommend it because it's cheap. It's a two and a half hour playthrough. They have a DLC for it that's super silly, um, and it's just a fun little romp through, uh, you know, through this weird alternate reality where uh, you know Japerica exists. Yeah, I have some stats here if you want the stats. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, so system requirements: Windows XP, SP two or higher. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wait until you hear the processor. A processor of 1.8 gigahertz uh, or higher, running 1.8 gigahertz or higher, 2 gigs of RAM, a video card with uh, 512 megabits of VRAM, and 2 gigs of available hard drive space. Um, it's currently on Steam MSRPing for, uh, and I'm uh, talking the, directly about the uh, director's cut, I'm sorry, um, $14.99. It's lowest recorded price, according to SteamDB, was um, $2.99, an 80% discount on uh, June 22nd, 2018. Um, it seems like it does go regularly on sale. The last sale it was on was um, $3.74 USD. Yeah, yeah, 100% recommend waiting for it to go on sale. Um just because, like, it's fun as it is, fourteen ninety nine is just too much for a game as short as it is. More than mm -hmm. anything else, um, with it, with the short as it is. That being said, with it being as old as it is, it will. I mean, it it's it'll probably be on sale anytime Steam has any kind of sale. Yeah, for a decent price. Um, it's also uh, it's published by Adult Swim Games, which is interesting. I that yeah. kind of swept under my radar because I'm a I'm an Adult Swim fan. Um, the I guess from 2014, maybe, yeah, it would have just swept under my radar. But uh, Microsoft Windows, OS X, and Linux, um, mm -hmm. which is a little surprising. I'm a little surprised that it wasn't also made available for any of the consoles. Or um, would, there, would there be like a controller reason um, that it would not be like on Xbox or PS4 or Switch or anything Actually like that? Actually, no, they recommend you use a controller. So that actually does, that. that is, it's surprising to me too. 
Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say like put it on mobile or anything, but I could see it being like a playable title for Game Pass on you know on the X Cloud or whatever it's called. Uh, if you had a controller hooked up to your phone, because I mean, as you could tell, what was it, five hundred twelve mega megabytes of VRAM? Uh, yeah, I, I that is that's strange to me. I, I don't know if maybe it's just like a, a a money thing to port it over to, you know, the other way. It was funny though because we kept making jokes about how uh, the new Cyberpunk update and patch looks phenomenal. Those jokes keep getting made every time I post a new clip up. <laughs> Uh, but I will say this, it performs better than Cyberpunk does. <laughs> ouch. Uh, Very ouch. Yeah, it's, uh, because again, like, I didn't run into any, like, as, as goofy as it is, there were no glitch issues, so take that as you will, but yeah, performance-wise. I, I would take that as kind of a stamp of approval, like, hey, uh, this game really is, as you're saying, bad for the sake of being bad. It is not bad because the game, uh, you know, coders are bad. Right, it's like, it's like the, uh, it's like the disaster artist, not the room. Yes, exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's we'll be oh. hating on Cyberpunk too much. It wasn't ready. Yeah. It just wasn't ready. If it wasn't you know ready, why was it released? Yeah, <laughs> because people keep like instead of people being like, "Oh, we understand. Take some time. Make sure you get it all done." They're like, "We would need it now." Well, tough titties. Now. You know that you we can say that but you know also marketing led people to believe that it was going to be good on well shame on marketing <laughs> which is done by the company anyways anyways um so uh that's jazz punk is there any thoughts questions opinions we want to get out there came nah. super weird yeah it's um, dude it's... I'm, I'm glad it's not in my list of voice acting credits <laughs> oh, dude, was, I, I would have been proud to be a part of that game like I, I I look back and think damn I wish I could have been a part of that hmm. because it was dude it was so gloriously bad like ugh, I, I I highly recommend it if nothing else you know shameless self promo here uh, the playthrough for it's being put up on my YouTube and you can just see all this ridiculous glory on there I'll tell you more I just, about that I later just, I feel like I haven't been in enough video games to do a bad game for fun does that make any sense? Like, I want to be able to present a demo that people will use to hire me for more things, not yeah. one that they'll use to hire me for fewer things. You go to, you go to present your portfolio, and all, and all it is is just this random voice going, oh, my jetpack's a piece of crap. It's like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the Steam listing right now, and the art itself is worth taking a look at because it's just kind of weird and... um, like, See what I was talking about, about the little figures from when you were kids, though? Yeah. Where, like, the the legs cone down into one leg instead of having two legs. Yeah. And like some of the assets, like they don't exactly match, but it doesn't really matter. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Like it, it looks like a well done asset flip. And I think it's even built in unity. Let me double check. Um, I love it so much. Yeah. It's built in unity. So it legitimately looks like it's just like a unity asset flip, but done well. <laughs> and you know what's ironic? I didn't even realize this until I just opened the steam page again, but the trailer shows that the game takes place in 2021. And that's just ironically when I played it, <laughs> it came out back in 2014. It was meant to be. It was meant to it be. It was meant to be. Excellent. Uh, any other thoughts, questions, opinions that we want to get out there on jazz punk? Nope, that's that's about oh. as good as you're going to get from me about it. Excellent. Yeah, I got nothing. Well, I would play uh, it if I could. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's go on ahead and kind of get into uh, all. Apparently, all my titles are just like not where they're supposed to be. I apologize, guys. Oops. Um, the, the kind of the main purpose on why we why we uh, brought Mr. Brandon on, which is blind accessibility in gaming an update. Um, like I said, it's been uh, November since we've uh, November 2019 since we've had you on. So that's over a year. That's uh, probably enough time for some things to change. Oh, yeah. um, I don't want to retread the same ground that we did. I think you did a fantastic job in explaining all the um, the nuance and minutia and uh, the things that kind of need to happen to make a game uh, accessible to uh, the sight impaired. So I highly recommend, even though it is an old episode, people go back and check that out. Um, if you uh, are subscribed on YouTube, I did a rebroadcast of that episode because it did not make it to YouTube originally. Um, that was earlier today. So you guys can find that. It'll also be included on the Next to Nothing um, podcast playlist. Uh, so if you guys are on YouTube, you can check that out. Um but uh, so since we last talked, have you seen a change in how people talk about accessibility in gaming, whether that's oh, yeah. from fans, developers, and go on ahead and describe some of those changes? Yeah, uh, it's 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 changed pretty drastically since last we spoke, um, and that's that's really that's really um, encouraging is the word I'm going to use. <laughs> it's really encouraging, and the thing is, this is this has been a change that is it's been changing for several years. Um, things are way different than they were back in, say, 2014. But um, the ways that it's changed, I mean, the examples are are numerous. Uh, the like I said, multiple outlets. This you know, in 2020 alone, multiple outlets are now doing accessibility related awards. The official The Game Awards, you know, the big thing, the big show at the end of the year that everyone watches, billions of people. Uh, they had an accessibility category, innovation and accessibility category. Not only did the last two win uh, that award, but I also and I and, and to be clear, guys, to be I, I I want to be stressed that I was fair. I actually judged for that category as well. Um, but I could not nominate the Last of Us Part Two, so I want to reassure you guys I was perfectly fair about it because I had to be. Um, so yeah, the Last of Us Two uh, won at the Game Awards. IGN hosted uh, the a, a accessibility award show. Uh, hosted by Steven Spawn from Able Gamers and Alana Pierce. Um, you know, accessibility awards are now popping up just this past year all over the place, which means the conversation is expanding, not not just with uh, fans, but with developers as well. Uh, because the people that host, or, you know, not, not necessarily host, but judge those awards are often in the industry themselves. So, yeah, the conversation is definitely expanding with uh, with developers. And as far as fans go i mean i think i think it's expanding there too um i think the the accessibility related awards appearing on these shows have shed some light on the idea of accessibility to fans that didn't consider it before um i also believe that the work that i do um which is to entertain while also educating on accessibility via my live streams and such you know i, I still think that's important too because whether you like it or not um, sometimes you need to see something in action for you know to to really appreciate it or to really uh, understand it, and so I think uh, you know it, there's still definitely a place for just being willing to answer questions. Someone who who comes into a stream and says, "Hey, 
how are you playing this game? You know, and I'm willing to do that because that's that's part of part of what I do as an advocate is educate. You know, I want to make sure that people understand what accessibility is, what blind accessibility is, and uh, where we are with it. So yeah, there you go. And on the development side of things, that's this is where I think it gets the most intriguing. On the development side of things, a lot has happened. Um, the accessibility in The Last of Us 2 has been felt across the industry, and some developers have already started implementing ideas that are based on that accessibility that we put in The Last of Us Part 2. The best example of this is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, at least right now, the best example is, is Valhalla. Um, and what that what Valhalla did was it took the the audio cue system that we had in The Last of Us 2 for items and enemies, and it implemented that for everyone into Odin's sight. So if you're playing Valhalla and you use the Odin's sight feature, which basically gives you a, a short scan of the area around you for items and enemies and things, you may notice that you hear a couple of little pings when you use that feature. That is actually the sound cue that indicates those items or enemies nearby. And we can use that positionally to track those things. And that came from The Last of Us Part Two. That idea sprung from The Last of Us Part Two. It was already being seen in the industry. Now, I know other things The Last of Us Two did are also being felt across the industry that aren't related to total blindness. Um, some of them are taking advantage of the ideas that were presented by The Last of Us Two's contrast mode, which apparently was very brilliantly done. I can't speak to it personally because I can't see it, but apparently it's really well done. And uh, other developers really like it and uh, have started using similar uh, ideas in their in their thinking as well. Just overall, um, more games now have menu narration. More games now have um, audio cues. It's 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 definitely been a good year. Twenty twenty in terms of accessibility was a very good year. <laughs> awesome. That's uh, that's fantastic to hear. Um, we have a question here from the chat, and um, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a brilliant question to ask. Um, this comes from Zombie Potion. What is the most accessible game you had uh, played before The Last of Us Part Two? Before The Last of Us? Okay. That's an interesting question. Um, so most video games, uh, because they are not designed with the blind in mind, uh, most games follow, fall under the category of accidental accessibility. So what that tends to mean is some aspects of the game are accessible, by accident, not not intentionally, but by accident, not even necessarily meaning to be accessible, not not because they thought of the blind, but just because the, the, the way the game was designed works towards uh, the blind's advantage. Um, so it's hard to answer that question because there are a lot of very different types of games that are that have a lot of varying different types of accessibility. Um, it's hard to answer that question without taking the easy way out and saying, well, the most accessible game I played was an audio game that was made specifically for the blind. <laughs> That's the easy way to answer that question. It's an audio game, you know, because those exist too, by the way. There are developers that make audio games that are just for the blind to play. Uh, some good examples of those are Frequency Missing, which is a free game for iOS. So if you ever want to try an audio game, I'd recommend that one. Uh, a Blind Legend, which is available on Steam, also an audio game. Um, and uh, many, 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 many more. Uh, they're out there. Um, so I guess that is kind of the easy answer, but it it does avoid having to list a bunch of games and talk about how they're accidentally accessible. Like Resident Evil 6 is a game I like to bring up a lot. I know everyone hates Resident Evil 6. I know I get it. The Resident Evil fans don't like it. The blind loved it because of one design decision that made that game almost fully accessible. And I say almost because it is not fully accessible to the blind. Uh, there are, there are, pre there are uh, pain points in that game, but uh, 
if you hold down the map button in Resident Evil 6, it not only uh, shows you where you need to go to on the map to get to get your next objective, but it also turns the camera to face your next objective, which means all you have to do is hold the map button down and press forward and you move towards your objective. It was not designed to be played that way, but you best believe the blind will definitely do it. That's what I mean by accidental accessibility. Definitely was not designed for us, but we'll take advantage of it and we'll use it. Um, so there's just too many out there. Um, the old You Don't Know Jack games from the 90s and early 2000s, those are very accessible because the host of the trivia, the trivia games reads the questions and the answers. So very accessible. Um, so, you know, but that's a very different kind of game than Resident Evil 6. So very difficult to answer. Audio games are the easiest answer, and uh, I gave you a few to check out if you'd like to. There you go. I hope that is a broad enough answer for that question. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> let me, real quick, uh, Green, Rev, thoughts, questions on what we've discussed so far? I have more questions. I just figured I'd let you guys get a chance in here quick. No, I'm just uh, listening and taking it all in. It's a, it's a very interesting thing I, to hear. I did, uh, I, like, speaking of accessibility and uh you actually he mentioned uh spawn uh steven spawn yeah um there was actually a an incident that arose not very long ago involving dead by daylight and its accessibility feature yeah, because yeah, there was <laughs> because of their the, one of their live uh live balance designers was doing a personal twitch stream and somebody asked about um are they going to work on colorblind um colorblind accessibility and he uh he kind of went on this like really condescending tirade about how people quote unquote are blabbing about colorblind mode all the time and uh and how it's you know it's a pain in his ass and all this well you know of course word got around to to steven spawn and he brought it to the, the attention of his twitter page because i remember watching I, I saw this go down live i was like oh no and <laughs> yeah. uh and you know what is it uh behavior interactive they actually said like this isn't how we want it like first off we do not stand by what that dude said and they were like, this is not how we wanted to reveal this, but it's obviously the right time. And then he, they actually started sharing screenshots of all the colorblind accessibility that they've been working on with like That's the blood right. trails and the, the uh, generators and all that stuff. And so they were actually trying to get this to work. And this dick had to go and be an asshole about it. And they're like, well, I guess we have to rush this announcement now. But to be, <laughs> to be fair, with as long as right. Dead by Daylight's been out having colorblind accessibility come in this late is kind of, I mean, I could see where that's definitely an issue and why people would continuously ask about it. Cause you know, Hey, why isn't it a thing yet? And yeah. uh, so, so just like, I felt like that would actually might've been something worth bringing up considering this is an accessibility episode is that, that there was an incident just in the last week. Yeah, there was accessibility, which that particular game dead by daylight has a lot of, muddy browns grays and reds and yellow like it that's a game that even if you're not colorblind or you don't suffer from red green colorblindness or uh some of the other colorblindness that like it gets hard to read the screen uh i assume it only gets worse at lower resolutions i don't i think i am able to run it at uh, 1080p but um which actually that uh is a nice excellent segue because something i've noticed over the last little while is that more games are including not only colorblind modes but also just allowing players to control the color of their text and like the enemy outlines on the screen and stuff like that um i mean i've seen i'm seeing those kind of features being adopted more 
Um, what are some changes or in some features that have been uh, adopted by the industry that have been, you know, broadly beneficial? Um, and then if, has there been any like design choices that's been really popular that's been detrimental? Anything like that that you that you would like to speak on? Brandon? Well, in terms of in terms of uh, broad benefit, I think the most um, I, th I think the most broadly benefiting feature that I can think of is probably button remapping. Um, a lot of games nowadays are doing full full button remapping to the point where you can make any button do any one thing or sometimes one, two, or three things that you want it to do. Um, the best example of this is, believe it or not, not the Last of Us Two, <laughs> although we did a fine job, I hear. Um, but the best example is Destiny 2, which kind of went nuts with this button remapping. You can take a single button and macro it to do multiple things at the same time, if you want to. Or you can, you know, you can make, you can, uh, unassign buttons from one thing and assign them to different buttons. It's crazy what you can do with Destiny 2. Um, and, uh, it's, that's, that feature is becoming more common nowadays because people are starting to see how valuable it is. It's one of those situations where you will often find people who aren't necessarily disabled using a feature because it makes the game better for them too. And that, that is something that I've noticed a lot. And it's kind of a, kind of a tangent uh, from your question. I apologize for this, but I do feel it's important to say. No need. Even, even the features that I worked on for The Last of Us 2 have been utilized by sighted people. And that blows my mind every time I hear about it, but it's still, it still happens. Uh, people uh, have reported using the nav assistance feature in The Last of Us 2 which I was responsible for uh, as sighted people to help them find the objective faster in areas where you have to run really fast to get away from, you know, a whole bunch of zombies and stuff. That's amazing. And button remapping falls into that category where, uh, along with things like subtitles, where people that don't consider themselves to be disabled gamers will use them for their own reasons. Um, so yeah, that's definitely the feature I think is probably the most uh, broadly accepted feature that well becoming the most broadly accepted feature along with subtitles and things like that. Captions are becoming a more accepted feature. Subtitle resizing are becoming a more acceptable uh, um, acceptable feature. Um, you know, it's 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 building menu narration itself. Even even the menu narration uh, feature that I that I often talk about. The first step to making a game blind accessible is having all of your UI elements narrated uh, via text to speech or via human voice or whatever. Even that is becoming more prevalent these days. Little by little, it is it is taking time, but it is worth mentioning that Unreal Engine 4 now supports screen readers. It has a screen reader support uh, feature built into Unreal Engine. So developers who want to take advantage of it need only to activate it, and apparently their game will just support screen readers with uh, very minimal coding on their part. So, boom. It, it's it's uh, Things are happening. It's good. Yeah. Good times. That's really Can dope. I, uh... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna um, talking about how uh, people who are uh, that don't need any kind of accessibility using accessibility features like button remapping. Um, I just wanted to speak on the frustration that is uh, in the button remapping in Apex Legends because you can set the R three hundred one to single fire and remap your scroll wheel to be fire, and it makes that thing an absolute laser. And me not being a mouse and keyboard player, I suffer from that. Therefore, I'm going to bitch about it because I'm not as good. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask you this next question. Then we had another question from the chat that I think rolls nicely into this. 
And I know very specifically that you don't want to speak on behalf of anyone who doesn't share um, your impairment. Um, but for the for the um, other accessibility issues, you know, such as hearing uh, yeah. or dexterously impaired folks, have there been improvements in the industry that you know about and just kind of yeah. how that how that's been going? Yeah. So so once again, I have to go back to button remapping. Button remapping is a feature that is intended for the motor impaired. But it is it is a feature that has been widely adopted by a lot of people these days. I, I know, I know of big time streamers that use it in you know big time Destiny streamers that use button remapping to uh, make things easier for them, <laughs> things like that. You know, so yeah, that's that's one example. Uh, hearing impaired. I have a good I have a good one for this actually. Um, hearing impaired. There have been a lot more captions lately, a lot more subtitles lately, and one of the best examples I think, at least that I know about. Um, again. I, I will never claim to speak for the hearing impaired or speak for the motor impaired, but I can give you uh, examples that I, that I am aware of based on my experiences. One of the best examples that I know about is actually the Avengers. Um, for the hearing impaired, I actually found out in the captions of the Avengers, there actually are full kind of descriptions of the events that are occurring as they're happening. Now, if you can't hear them clearly, you can read them, and that actually doubles as a feature for the hearing impaired and the cognitively impaired. Um, there, are, there are those that are cognitively impaired that can't absorb the context of what's happening in a game through a cutscene. Um, they need to basically be kind of informed about what's happening. Um, just watching these, these you know, hundreds of characters on screen isn't gonna tell them much. Um, so the, the, the captions double as both a hearing impairment feature because they can, uh, they can read basically the, the audio sources on screen, but also um, it doubles as a description of what's actually happening for the cognitively impaired. Uh, Fortnite is another example of hearing impaired accessibility being top notch. Uh, I understand there is now a feature in Fortnite that allows you to uh, visualize the direction of sounds by putting a, an, uh, the, the sound caption and an arrow pointing to where that sound came from. So yes, absolutely, hearing impairment, motor impairment, um, things are happening on, on all fronts when it comes to accessibility. It's, it's definitely not just blind accessibility. It's just, that's my specialty. So <laughs> that's my focus. Yeah. And um, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I actually did want to present another question. Uh, and you could, you could answer this after whatever Danny was saying, if, if his is like directly related to this, nope. but I was curious as somebody who is involved in the, uh, in the accessibility gaming community, what's like the general thoughts on that, that, uh, controller that xbox put out like a couple of years ago because i haven't heard a whole lot about it i haven't seen anybody yeah. using it so i didn't know how how that ended up panning out if it actually was uh helpful because i know they partnered with able gamers right to, to produce they did that. yeah um they partnered so I was actually produced it and they helped uh, distribute it as well yeah and see i was i was curious about that because like i haven't i haven't really heard anything about it since like it's launched because i was really i thought that was like wow good for them that's a really really cool idea uh and then shortly after the release i haven't really heard much about it or seen anybody using it so i was curious um, yeah, I'll answer that question. It's an absolutely, it's an absolutely wonderful uh, invention for uh, accessibility. It's, 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 it definitely has changed the game when it comes to motor impairment accessibility, because that is, that is its target market. Uh, motor impairment is the X Xbox Adaptive Controller's target market right there, specifically motor impairment. Right. But for them, it is a huge game changer, because before the Adaptive Controller came out, it's, it's funny, because people who look at the Adaptive Controller now might say, my goodness, that thing is expensive. Well, <laughs> do you know how much a, uh, a motor-impaired gamer would be paying 
for a setup that was similar to what the adaptive controller could do before the adaptive controller came out. That's right, because I saw a bunch of those like custom made ones that people were putting together that were like kind of like yeah. rough looking and like honestly looked like they were a fire waiting to happen. Right. Uh, because right. Came, like cords just everywhere and whatnot. Yeah. So I figured it was it was gonna be a good deal. It's just like I said, after the release, it kind of just they stopped covering it and talking about it and yeah, so so uh, the the setups that that uh, motor impaired gamers used to use, from what I from what I was told, used to cost somewhere between nine hundred and fifteen hundred dollars. Woof. To effectively do the same thing as the adaptive controller now does for three hundred dollars. <laughs> so you might think it's expensive, but it is actually presenting the motor impaired uh, gamers out there with a more affordable option that they can now use with a lot of things. The all all generations of the Xbox now support it. Uh, well, the current generations all you know support it now. Um, PCs support it now. Um, you know, it, it's. I believe the. Uh, I believe the uh, Apple TV supports it now. So it's it's actually really good. It's 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 uh, the fact that you can you can add your own switches. So whatever your motor impairment is, you can you can just plug in whatever type of switch that you need. Whether that's a mouth control or it's a foot control or a head control, plug it into the adaptive controller. You're good. So it's it's pretty great. It's a pretty great invention. Awesome. Good, good to hear. Yeah. Well, and that kind of segues us really nicely into one of my other, um, one of my other questions here, which was, you know, we, we've talked about like a lot of the things for especially sight impaired folks in terms of accessibility has to do with the UI, the menu, you know, stuff built in. And you mentioned Unreal Engine now supporting, um, screen readers what are some uh third-party software or even hardware that's come out any cool innovations improvements that have uh come out for uh people uh, who are sight impaired in gaming um in terms of hardware honestly not that much um although you could argue that the dual sense on the playstation 5 is hardware that helps the sight impaired yes indeed i'm gonna say this now the haptic feedback of the DualSense is absolutely an accessibility feature for the visually impaired. I can even provide you an example of this because one happened immediately on the PS5's launch. Yes, indeed. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales. There is an option in Spider-Man Miles Morales to set your vibration setting to accessibility mode. What does this do, you might ask? It does a few things, but the most important thing that it does is... When there is a collectible nearby, your controller will begin to vibrate, but it's because it's the dual sense, because it has, um, you know, a lot of places uh, from which, you know, places in the controller from which the vibration can come, the vibration happens on the side of the controller that corresponds with the direction the collectible is compared to you. So what you do is you feel that, that vibration on the left side of your controller, it's like a pulse. It's not really a vibration, it's kind of like a pulse. You feel it, let's say, on the left side of your controller, you turn left until it is in the center, and then you start heading towards it. And as, if you're getting closer, the pulse increases in speed, and so on and so on. Um, so because of the DualSense's haptic feedback, the blind can collect collectibles in Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> um, the whole game isn't necessarily accessible. It is, it is close. It's getting there. By the way, Spider-Man Miles Morales is another game that took some stuff from The Last of Us Part Two as it does have a navigational assist to a certain extent. But unfortunately, they didn't really have enough time to imp implement it fully. So it is not, it doesn't make the game fully playable by the blind, but it's there. <laughs> so it's another example. 
Yeah. That um, sounds like one of those ones that not, uh, non-accessibility people are going to use to find the collectibles. There you go. Sure. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Definitely sure. seems like it. It's a single-player game. Like, if you're not cheating, do it. Right? <laughs> if you want to do it, do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, like, uh, with, that's awesome. By the um, way, go ahead. I, sorry, before you go on to your next question, I actually want to go back to a previous question. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I actually thought of something. Uh, you were asking also if there were features that were detrimental uh, to the, the visually impaired yeah. that were becoming popular or that were popular. There actually is one that I thought of, and I hate it. And the thing is, I actually have done a little bit of research into this and found out that a lot of sighted gamers hate it too. But for some reason, developers love it. I don't know why, but here you go. Cursor-based, pointer-based menu navigation on a console game. Oh, why? yeah. Why? If you're blind, that's death right there. Even, here's the, here's the crazy part. I talk all the time about menu narration and how your UI needs to be narrated. But even if it is narrated, we're still pretty much screwed if the menu is cursor-based because we still are stuck not knowing where things are, trying to move the pointer around and hoping, hoping that maybe we land on the thing we want because we still can't see it. So it just makes no sense to move with a cursor for a blind person. We're talking to you, Apex Legends. <laughs> Apex, I mean, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. A lot of Ubisoft games lately have done this. Even though I also called Assassin's Creed Valhalla the most accessible game other than The Last of Us Part Two, based on some other factors, it also did this. <laughs> it's like, why? Don't don't do it. Stop it. That there is. There you go. I wanted, I wanted to go back to that. No, that's fantastic. Get your shit together, guys. Right. Um, <laughs> do better. Do better. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned some things with um, with uh, like. What was Unreal Engine? Uh, are they adding support into some of these other development tools to help out with uh, text, you know, text uh, readers and stuff like that? Because I imagine, like on PC, you if you are someone who's sight impaired and you're on PC, you might already have um, an on-screen text reader, right? That might be just kind of yeah. If you're given. if you're visually impaired or blind, you you are using a screen reader basically. It's, it's mm -hmm. well, that's not entirely true. Some visually impaired people don't use screen readers; they'll use magnifiers instead. Mm -hmm. If they are just visually impaired, not totally blind, they'll use magnifiers uh, in some cases. But more often than not, there probably will be a screen reader involved. Mm -hmm. And yes, support for them is increasing. Um, Microsoft has actually had a narrator API out for a while now, so it is possible for developers to simply just use that API in their code to add uh, screen reader support as well. Um, Unity, from the last time I checked, Unity is going to have full screen reader support uh, but they haven't released it yet. They're working on it, but haven't released it yet. There is a plugin, though, that is working currently uh, for screen reader support that is not built by the creators of Unity. It was built by a game developer um, named uh, called Metal Pop Games. And uh, they, they, they were creating a game, and they wanted it to be a blind accessible, but they didn't have the tools to do it, so they made their own by making a Unity plugin that makes Unity uh, project uh, screen reader support uh, friendly. So yeah, support is increasing for them. Mm -hmm. We and still have a long way to go. The narration is narration is a feature that is picking up absolutely, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, and how is that on consoles like the PS uh, four and five, the Xbox Series, and uh, the Switch? Is, is there more support on those uh, platforms? 
So right now, as as it is right now, Xbox has the advantage where that's concerned when it comes to game support, because Xbox is essentially running Windows, a kind of a version of Windows on an Xbox One or Xbox Series X. Um, they, people that use the narrator API that I already mentioned are already making their game support narration on the consoles as well. So they do have the advantage there. That said, there have been plenty of developers, Last of Us 2 is one of them, uh, Naughty Dog was one of them with Last of Us 2, uh, that have been willing to bake in their own solutions to screen reader uh, accessibility. There, there's, there's, there's a big difference between using screen reader support and making your own text-to-speech solution for narration. Some developers are willing to do that. EA did it with Madden. Ubisoft did it with both Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Immortals Phoenix Rising and uh, The Division 2 and Watch Dogs Legion. <laughs> they, uh, they're, they're being very good about it. Um, so they, they built their own. So it's, it's supported on every platform that, that you know, it's on. And that's probably why they built their own, so they can guarantee support. Um, PlayStation 5, this is unconfirmed as of yet. So I don't know if this is actually true, but it does appear to have an API that people that maybe developers can take advantage of. And the reason I think that it has one isn't because of any secret knowledge that I have. It's literally because for some reason, the Disney Plus app, I know it seems like this seems like it's not related, but trust me, it is. When you launch the Disney Plus app on PlayStation 5 and you have the PlayStation 5's screen reader enabled, the Disney Plus app reads uh, with text-to-speech using your screen reader settings. That tells me there probably is an API that hopefully developers will start taking advantage of soon. Awesome. So, yeah, it it seems like the the building blocks are there. It's just up to the developers now to take this information and start to run with it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's 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 what it is. A lot of the time, a lot of a lot of times, really, honestly, knowledge Uh, developers don't necessarily know these things exist. And that's one of the services that I like to think I provide um, is knowledge. Um, a lot of times you go into a project with a developer and that developer doesn't know what they need to do to make a game blind accessible. They don't know what that means. And so I have to be willing to know, I have to know about this stuff and I have to be willing to educate about it because I'm the one who's going to teach them what that means so they can make it happen in their game. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to apologize here if I, if I missed anything that you said about um nintendo oh is... nintendo because <laughs> no, no, i didn't say anything about nintendo because okay. there's nothing to be said about nintendo. you know that's a great that's great there because uh in our chat someone said i feel like nintendo might be the worst in terms of accessibility is that something they are. <laughs> i don't even they have to ask are. if you agree with it you just <laughs> they are uh What's even the nintendo weirder? switch the nintendo switch has no Nintendo Switch is actually the only console now, because both PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X and Xbox One and PS4, all of them have some kind of text-to-speech or screen reader support. Nintendo Switch has nothing like that. However, Nintendo Switch does have one thing. It's not... It's not drift. Well, well, besides that. It's not, it's not full accessibility, but it is... There, there is a lot of different kinds of blind accessibility. Even, even when it comes to blind accessibility, there's a lot of different kinds. And one, one thing Nintendo Switch does well is... Every menu in Nintendo Switch makes different menu noises. That might sound like a small thing to those of you that are cited in the, in the chat and everything, but trust me, that actually does make a difference to us. Um, we will memorize those sounds, and we will use those sounds to know where we are in that interface. 
So while we can't see that screen, we do at least have a general idea of where we are and what we're doing on Nintendo Switch because of the different menu sounds for every menu. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. I think you... Well, uh, better than nothing, right? Better than nothing, yeah. Better than nothing. And, I mean, has Nintendo made, like, any sort of indication that, like, they're going to start working on this? Has anyone, um, such as yourself or Steven, like, gone out and, and like, hey, like, this kind of sucks. Can that be fixed? I, I, I don't know about Steven, but I have attempted to reach out to Nintendo. I have literally offered to work with Nintendo on blind accessibility if they want to work with me. Um... The closest thing Nintendo has done to adding accessibility is not for blind people. They did add full button remapping on a system level to the Switch uh, sometime last year. And that's good. That's a step in the right direction. But it's the only thing they have in a sea of possible features that they could have, you know? <laughs> um, from what I understand, though, it is, it is a problem that's going to be difficult to solve for Nintendo. Because Nintendo is a very, 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 very Japanese company. And... Uh, the, the issue here, unfortunately, is the Japanese culture has a habit of kind of dismissing the disabled. Um, and uh, that's kind of what's happening here, unfortunately. <laughs> Understood. Um, I have one more question, then I feel like we can uh, take a short break. And that question is, you know, it's been about a year since you've been on the show. Um and kind of, and we are obviously, you know, at the at the start of twenty twenty one. What is one improvement? Like, if you had a, or, or let me just ask you this: you have a wish list for improvements that could come this year, uh, for the for your particular um, expertise. What is that wish list that you, that you want to see across the industry? I want to uh, personally. I, it's it's hard to pick one thing because what I want to see across the industry really is is more types of games becoming accessible to the blind. Um, I still dream of the day when I can enjoy one of those giant three hundred hour RPGs that you guys get to play, or I want one of those eighty hour open world monsters that you guys get to play. None of those are accessible yet. Um, that's what I want. I want to. I want to bring more accessibility to more types of games, um, because there's there's games out there for everyone. I I believe that, and I will gladly work on a game that I don't like, because my goal is to bring accessibility wherever I can. You know, I I want I want the blind to be able to pick a game and play it and have it be that simple. I know that's idealistic, but that's what I really want. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean idealists kind of push the ball forward you know they they're the ones that do the legwork to get things done that's what i try to do yeah every day um uh let's see oh this is a this is a good question um i know i said one more but this is another one here in the chat <laughs> um so uh we'll we'll do this and if there's more questions over the break i can ask them after the break but uh how i mean obviously 2020 right not much needs to be said but um how has covid affected accessibility has covid affected it, it accessibility has. it has it has um so <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of interesting when the last of us 2 came out my fiance and i my fiance basically works with me on this stuff like she travels with me she's she's my partner in all things including this work so we were certain that in this before before covid happened we were certain that as soon as The Last of Us 2 came out, 
we would be inundated with requests to come to studios and to talk about what we did and to talk about accessibility and to show off accessibility and show off what we could do. And, you know, we were certain we'd be just flooded with work. And I think, I still believe that we probably would have been even more flooded than I, than I got with, I mean, I did get some work, but I believe that I would have gotten more if it hadn't been for COVID. Um, I believe that, the, I believe in the power of a personal presentation um, and being there in a place, uh, speaking to people, because I've, I've done a lot of public speaking myself. And I, I believe in that stuff. So I really do believe that I would have been invited to more places and got more opportunities to speak publicly about this and, and even work with more studios had COVID not happened. So unfortunately, yeah, COVID did probably negatively affect accessibility, but um, in some places, in some ways, it was positive. Uh, to move off of games for a second, COVID, uh, one thing it did, one thing I have to say that it did was open the eyes of uh, workplaces everywhere the possibilities of work from home. Um, I cannot tell you how many blind people that I heard the story of that were denied uh, requests to work from home, or not, not just blind people, disabled people in general that were denied work from home requests because eh, it's just not possible. We just can't do that. We can't support it. COVID happens all of a sudden. Everyone can support it all of a sudden. Isn't that, isn't that funny? So, <laughs> you know, in that way, a lot of opportunities are, were created by that. But in terms of accessibility, I do believe it was negatively affected by the inability to come to studios personally. You know, a lot of studios, for instance, don't want their game code to be sent outside the studio in any way. They don't want to risk it. You know, there's, it's, there's potential for leaks there, you know, and they don't want to risk that. And I understand that fully. So I do believe that we would have had more work had COVID not been a, a factor. Yeah. And kind of on that uh, point, you mentioned about like the work from home stuff. Like I know for me, um, I, there was a brief period where I did work from home and honestly, I probably should have continued working from home, but that's a totally different conversation, <laughs> um, in which I'm like, well, look, all I need is to be able to access a few computers and, uh, make sure that I can access this cloud-based software, right? The, all the work that I do is cloud-based software and I just need to access, a, um, I only need to access a few PCs in order to like, you know, finish up my, you know, job. And it took... You know, it took a little bit for me to kind of like work that out with my boss and be like, well, no, this is like how this all works. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. And, we, and then, you know, talking with the IT firm that helps us with our computer stuff and like getting all that stuff set up um, there. So that's just to say that if you understand the things that you do and, and understand the tools that you are given, if you uh, if it's a mostly computer based job, there's almost no excuse for why you couldn't do there something really from home. Yeah, there really is no excuse. Yeah, especially because a lot of software is going cloud based. Yeah. Um, a lot of software is going cloud based because it doesn't require a ton of, you know, you don't have to get like manage licenses and stuff like that and whatever else. Um. Okay, let's take a quick two minute break, guys. Unless there's anything else that we want to talk about before the break. And then uh, be right back. We good? I think we're good. All right. Yeah. Let's take a quick two minute break and we'll be right back. Are you a coffee lover? Do you need a little pep in your step in the morning? What about knowing where your coffee comes from? Is that important? Well, try Grampian Roast Coffee on Etsy. That's Grampian, G-R-A-M-P-I-A-N. And see our selection of single origin and blended coffees. Use code REVSVEN, R-E-V-S-V-E-N, at checkout to save 15% off of your purchase. 
All right, and we're back. Thank you guys for letting us take that break. Um, and really, real quick, just before we we go back, um, to to the conversation, uh, Rev said something, and I just kind of want to reiterate it. Um, <laughs> he jokingly said that uh, this is the you know the most informative episode he's been involved with. Joking. <laughs> What's true? It, yeah, you know what? Fair. He truthfully said. <laughs> he truthfully said, and I want to say this is probably the second most education, or the first most educational, and both the most educational episodes that we've had on the show. You have been involved on, uh, involved in. So <laughs> that is great to hear. That that makes me see. Like I said, part of what I do is educate. So basically, what you're saying is I'm doing my job very well. <laughs> Yes. And I say this when we, you know, this is a show that we regularly talk about lawsuits and antitrust and all that stuff. So um, I don't I don't like to say that we're just a show about gaming, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that is kind of what we do. And it's nice when we have like these super informative and interesting and educational um, episodes for people to to really dig in and understand something new. Um, so thank you for helping us provide that, Brandon. Seriously. Yeah, no problem. I hope I hope uh, hope you uh, viewers out there are enjoying it as well. Um, so our uh, first news story for this week is <laughs> the Xbox Live uh, Gold with Live price hike and reversal. So this happened on Friday, Rev. Right, Friday. I believe so. I believe it was Friday. Yeah. So they uh, Xbox announced that it would be increasing the prices for the Xbox Live Gold subscriptions from $60 USD a year to $120 USD a year. Um, comparatively, excuse me, uh, comparatively, that would be twice the cost of PS Plus and six times the cost of Nintendo Switch Online and about 120 <laughs> times the cost of playing on PC. And shocking, oh, 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 I, I oh, shocking, oh, oh. I know, but it didn't go over well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, effectively, you know, doubling the 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 price of the service, and just went over fantastic. Oh, just yeah. glowing reviews. Yeah, people were fucking mad. <laughs> it was too good. It was too good of a deal that they had to reverse it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and people were so mad and so viscerally angry that they, in only 15 hours, Xbox reversed the decision and, and... <laughs> said that they would be making a commitment to not requiring a gold subscription for free-to-play games such as Apex Legends, Fortnite, and Warzone. I, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to get people to convert over to the the Game Pass Ultimate that comes that includes your live, is what they were trying to do. Uh yo, spoiler alert, not the way to go, Chief. <laughs> Hindsight's 50-50, as Cam Newton would say. I kind of wish uh PlayStation it happened with PlayStation too, because uh when PlayStation 3 was out, there was no subscription service. Um to play online games but when they switched to the playstation 4 that's when they introduced playstation plus um and it was you know 60 dollars, and uh people were livid i included i was like well, this is bullshit 
just just a minor correction. PlayStation Plus existed during the PS3 era, but it wasn't required to play online games. PlayStation yeah, Plus existed exactly. though. Yeah. So. For online, that's what I meant. Yeah. 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 Um. So I have some quotes here that I feel like are just worth mentioning. Quote: We messed up today, and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of playing with friends. Is a uh, I'm sorry. Um, I apparently like doubled up on that. Um, sorry. Uh, expectations of playing with friends is vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the uh, failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have devices. Uh, we have decided not to change Xbox Gold pricing i apparently just have a bunch of typos and weird nonsense in there uh i helped you out i I deleted the section (laughs) thank you um my following uh, quote is free to play games will truly be free and you will no longer need an xbox live gold membership to play those games on xbox we are working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months so right there from from the uh mouth of xbox um they're making those changes uh my quick little take is excellent job for from the uh, Xbox customers uh, for taking the hard stand, showing Microsoft that they weren't going to take it and, uh, well, you know, take it this time. But, you know. Well, it's hard to take it if it's micro and soft. But um, on the on that front, they, uh, they also, I, I do got to give props to them for retconning it that quick, like saying, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. Like within a day, you know, <laughs> like... And then adding an extra video is like just to show nipple rub. We're sorry. Also, your free to plays, you know, are are not going to require subscriptions anymore. So I like definitely good. I, I think it's good on both parties. Mm-hmm. Is that we're sorry a part of the bingo card? I feel like it is. Yeah, sorry, I don't sorry. think it is. I, I don't think we're sorry is, but I think Green rubbing his nipples was. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I know I'm kind of being like a little snarky here, but really that is like excellent job for the Xbox customers to be like, hey, like, no, we don't want this. We'd pro. I don't know if they would leave Xbox. I'm like, you know, but good on them for for getting it reversed. Um, Agreed. Brandon, any thoughts on this? Any opinions on this? I I pretty much agree with you, honestly. (laughs) I think uh, the the customers win here. I think I think what this really is is a statement about how powerful uh, we are as a group. You know, the, the, the customers, the consumers, the, the gamers out there, the social media users out there have power now. Um, everyone's an influencer if everyone influences, you know? <laughs> I can give you three words that really hammer down that idea too. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, good, and, it, it ends up, and it also does end up kind of like whenever a company does uh, you know, fix a mistake or something like that. It does end up becoming positive for for both parties, just because like I I didn't even plan on watching Sonic the Hedgehog until they listened to the people and fixed that. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit. Now I kind of like feel like somewhat obligated to watch it. You know, like, damn. I thought that was like it. It does. He's absolutely right. The power of the consumer. It, the customer's always right. <laughs> fucking hate that phrase (laughs) (laughs) oh as someone who worked in 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 tech support and customer service for 10 years i also hate that phrase (laughs) 100 percent 
I wonder if the person that came up with like those ideas like was like super pissed when when they decided to reverse it. Like, oh guys, 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 I got a brilliant idea. Let's make Xbox Live gold more expensive so they switch over to the other thing. And then everyone's like, Yeah, let's do it. And then and then like immediate backlash, and then they're like, Oh, we we're not doing it anymore. Do you think like they threw that oh. one guy out the window, like in the the comic memes. <laughs> well, I was just gonna They're say, like, <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you think like they called him into the office Monday? Like he, like he thought he did a fantastic job Friday, and like he, he left early. Yeah, like they left early. They were gonna go get drinks. dinner. Yeah, go out get some drinks, and they come back he Monday. His wife, <laughs> yeah. like, honey, we made it. And then, uh, and then like Monday, the bot, the, his manager comes and like does like the gentle knock on the doors. I'm going to need to see you in my office in five <laughs> minutes. Um, please empty your desk. <laughs> bring your badge, please. <laughs> yeah, bring your badge and your gun. <laughs> yes, including your secret whiskey tumbler. Including that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, uh, Green. Did you have any thoughts or questions, opinions? No, I'm not an Xbox guy, so this is... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's that's all I got. So this next story is mostly just me to wallow in in self pity. Um, hold on one second. My my topics section got all sorts of screwy, so I apologize. I'm like, um, working that. So uh, the new egg raffle. Um. As everyone knows, or at least most of our viewers know, I shouldn't say everyone, um, you can't buy PC parts anywhere, specifically CPUs and GPUs. You just can't. Now, hold on. Hold on. Okay. If only there was someone that, like, was on a podcast, Mm -hmm. talked about this six to eight months ago, saying, hey, if you're going to build a PC, now would be the time. If only there was that <laughs> one person that said, you know, said that, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, hell yeah, he's he he knows what he's talking about. We better do that." If only, if only, that guy deserves a medal. Look, I know you want to rub my nose in it, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't well, need to. Rip- a pretty good job so far. <laughs> but you didn't. You like to keep going. I said it multiple times on the podcast. I said it multiple times in, per- in like in chat. Mm-hmm. To you, uh huh. Time, everything is gonna be gone. No. I I oh, know no. I know uh, the audio only listeners and uh, our sight impaired friends probably couldn't see, but I was just uh, pretending to get my nose rubbed in it. <laughs> um. So Appreciate yeah, that description there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can't buy PC parts anywhere. So uh, Newegg came up with this um brilliant question mark idea um (laughs) uh, they decided to raffle off the chance to buy at full price pc parts brilliant yes um steve jobs is just like oh my god like in his in in the grave just like oh my god (laughs) this is fantastic (laughs) yes mind blown that's like the whole mind blown um, hands over his head 
my my university pulled something like this with parking passes. There was one parking pass called the G Pass that could park anywhere. And they sent out an email that was like, hey, you know, enter this raffle for your chance to buy a G Pass. Everyone's like, <laughs> it's not raffle for your chance to get a G Pass, to buy a G Pass. Like, it's like a, I think it was like a $150 parking pass, something like that. I'm like, I'm good with my $75 one. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it was called the New Egg Shuffle event. Contestants were entering to buy, again, I just want to stress the fact that it's buying, a bundle <laughs> of the latest CPUs and GPUs, which included the Ryzen 7 5800X or the Ryzen uh, uh, 5 5600X, the Asus ROG RTX 3080 with a compatible motherboard. Uh, again, all full price. The winners of the raffle were sent <laughs> and I hope my air quotes were uh oh, they're coming through very loud and clear. <laughs> there we go. Um of the raffle were sent emails and are presumably able to buy their parts. Um now I do have to clarify was that MSRP price or uh like consumer price? I think it's MSRP. Like current stock. Okay. Yeah. That makes that makes a world of difference because right now a 36 uh, 3060 Ti is selling for a grand. Yeah. And it's MSRP for like what four ninety nine, I think. Yeah. Three ninety nine, yeah. something like that. Yeah, those scalpers and the 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 uh crypto bros are really rubbing it in. Have you seen um like some of these crypto miners who are straight up just like flexing on consumers by like, here's like my hundred thousand dollar PC with like sixteen graphics cards in it and like it draws like I want to make $124,000 off it. Ha 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 ha. Right. Or the one guy who built one in the back of his Tesla. Like he built a mining PC and just, just keeping it in the back of his Tesla. And I'm like, I hope, I hope someone shits in his Tesla. <laughs> I hope, I, I hope someone with a tow truck runs off with his Tesla. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I hope someone shits in his Tesla. Like the runniest <laughs> shit. I hope I hope that the Xbox Live guy in a fit of anger <laughs> runs outside and pours his whiskey tumbler in that guy's Tesla. Full full of his runny shit. <laughs> you know, when Rev mentioned like maybe they threw him out the window, I hope what happens is that they threw the Xbox guy he out the window and he lands on the Tesla. I'll land on that guy's Tesla. There you go. <laughs> and no, everyone, like, and it, everyone's alive. Everyone's alive. It's okay. Cartoon physics. <laughs> you're very optimistic oh no very, i'm just i'm just trying not to get like in too much trouble <laughs> um, oh no yeah uh rev you have thoughts questions opinions no this is like just the dumbest shit <laughs> like like we cover a lot of dumb shit like what was it the culling doing their their freaking new like payment style and all that where you do it like an arcade and all that that it's still worse but this is close <laughs> raffles to pay full price like hey you want this absolutely we'll enter this raffle dope if you win you get you have to buy this thing for yep. what you normally would what the fuck you know well here's here's what i would rather have seen from this because i understand like hey like we get it it sucks raffle for the chance to get on a waiting list right exactly like it should be a it, they should have implemented a waiting list day one yeah like, they knew that they knew that stocks were not gonna be great 
because of COVID. Yeah. It should have automatically started with a, uh, like a current stock and a wait list system with all retailers. Yeah. It would have avoided all this jumbled mess where, where scalpers are buying 15 at a time through a bot program and selling them. And then all that's left is being scraped up um, by people or, or people are willing to spend an extra $600 on a $400 card. Yeah. Right. And this is just one of those things. It's like Newegg, Best Buy. You've been told about these stocks. You know, Amazon. Implement a waiting list. Like that's all you need to do. Um, <laughs> so zombie said. By the way, I uh, should anyone get the wrong idea? Uh, Danny won't agree with me, uh, but I don't believe profit is a dirty word. No, I'm a I'm an unabashed capitalist. Um, but sometimes, you know, like running uh, your online store in a way that benefits everybody, especially because Newegg isn't Newegg is only going to sell those cards for how much they're going to you know, for the MSRP doesn't matter who they sell the card to. So implementing a waiting list, they're going to get sold regardless. So implementing a waiting list system is probably the best way to do it. And they need to do that because it's obviously- too late for that now. <laughs> yeah, true. They're it's for free for all. <laughs> Battle Royale. Battle the Hunger Royale. Games. The, the, the Hunger Games has started. It's already in motion. The wheels are <laughs> the wheels are turning. I saw a man on the corner street stab a guy for a thir- for a twenty sixty, not even a thirty sixty, a twenty sixty. <laughs> it's just getting real over here. I would I would say I would say the wait. I would say meet me at um at World's Edge, but my PC can't really run Apex well much anymore, so <laughs> I saw a 1080 Ti for sale, uh, for nine hundred and fifty dollars. A 1080 Ti for 1080. Fuck. No, 1080. 1080. It's mind blowing. Did you send the seller a DM and tell him to like suck a fat one? No, I I if I did that every time I saw a like a, a shitty deal, I would have literally no time. Like for anything else, <laughs> I've I've already messaged people on Facebook. Like people like in the a, Facebook a marketplace, you need to start making, buddy. Apparently, well, I've, to I've told a couple people in the marketplace that like I'm like you're a scalper, eat shit, because mm-hmm. they they were selling like the new Ryzen five series for you know two hundred to four hundred dollars over MSRP. Yeah. So you know, God bless those people who put the you know the eBay bots together that started targeting scalpers <laughs> and started Agreed. started raising the price just so those scalpers have to like wait longer. Um as I've said multiple times, I cannot tell you what to do with your money, but I can be disappointed in how you spend your money. <laughs> so just don't <laughs> don't give scalpers the satisfaction. Don't let them win. Wait until it becomes available. It's it's very true. Uh, Green has given me the look before. I had a, a very a very close friend buy a PlayStation Five from a scalper, and I was I wasn't angry with him. Uh, yeah, that I makes me very sad too. I was just disappointed. <laughs> um, so that's the new egg raffle. Thank you guys for letting me um, wallow in self pity on the fact that I can't get PC parts right now. Um, was there anything else? <laughs> was there anything else that we wanted to talk about for the show? 
Anything else we no, want to mention? My end. Brandon, anything else that you wanted to mention, talk about, discuss? Um, kind of. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a, admittedly a little um, self promotion, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's 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 among the things that happened in in the past year since I've been on the show. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna just mention something in general, but I also want to tell a story too. So the the, one, the thing I want to mention in general is. Um, one of uh, the things I'm actually surprisingly, shockingly proud of uh, in the past couple months, even, is that uh, I was accepted to the Radically Kind Gamers uh, Twitch team, which is headed up by one of the people that you may have seen in, in the Internet's uh, news lately, Zombie Kills, mm-hmm. um, leads the team, and uh, I'm on her Twitch team now, so pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's, big it's, golf claps? <laughs> No, it's just it's one of those things where it's uh it's it's more cementing of my place as a, a Twitch streamer and a content creator as well as a consultant and advocate too. And uh that's one thing I, I you know I'm happy about so I wanted to promote here. But the story I wanted to tell is related to my consultancy work and my advocacy work. Um so at the end of the past, at the at the end of twenty twenty, near the end of twenty twenty, I was accepted into the PlayStation Five reviewer program. Um, for PS fives, uh, as a as an influencer, as a you know content creator and stuff like that, you know they knew that I would blog about it and talk about it to blind people and and you know spread the information about the accessibility like they wanted, and so I was accepted, and uh, so I received a, a PlayStation Five review unit, and I also got accepted into the the email uh, program where you could uh, sign up to be emailed when pre-orders were available, so uh, I pre-ordered one as well through that program because I wanted to make sure that I had one in case they made me send their review unit back. So here we go with that. Now, launch, fast forward, if you will, to launch day. I've already had the PS5 review unit for a while and been reviewing things and stuff like that. But fast forward to launch day. In the morning, we wake up, and there's FedEx. there's a FedEx package outside the house. We go and get it. And we think that it's the one I pre-ordered. That makes sense, right? I mean, it is supposed to rely- arrive on launch day, so it's definitely the one I pre-ordered. Yeah, that's that's got to be what it is. Well, we open the box, and uh, inside this box is not a PlayStation Five typical consumer box. Oh no, it is a giant Perspex storage container that does contain a PlayStation Five, but on the storage container is written a message in Braille. And that message is specifically to me personally. It is from PlayStation. And it says, thank you for showing us that play is more about what we see. It is about what we hear, what we touch, and perhaps most importantly, what we feel. It said, thank you. It says, thank you for working so hard to teach us that. And it says, this is for you. Play has no limits. So I wanted to tell this story because it still gets me emotional to this day. Um, PlayStation sent me a gift PlayStation 5 on launch day to thank me for my work in accessibility and my work on The Last of Us Part 2 specifically. I mean, that's the, that's the PlayStation franchise that I worked on. So that's, that's really what they mean here. But it, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a really important story to me because it's that... 
that to me is what cemented that's what told me that I'm I'm on the right path that I'm doing the correct thing um is that they that they gave me that so you know that that's that's the emotional part of the story and that's that's half of it but the reason I gave you that context here is keep in mind that we also then received the pre-order PlayStation 5 later the same day plus I was told that the review unit was actually a retail unit and was mine to keep <laughs> At one point, at one point, there were three PlayStation 5s in this house. <laughs> but the uh, the more important bit, I think, is the fact that, you know, the, the gift of it and, you know, it's, it's, it was just something, it's, it's unique. Like, I'm keeping that case that that thing was in because that, that Braille message was engraved into the case and it's, it's unique to me. So. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a moment right there. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. Um. Well, yeah, that kind of leaves me a little speechless. Um, <laughs> yeah, it left me speechless too. Yeah. Keep in mind that, like I said, when we opened that box, we were like, "Oh, it's just the one we pre-ordered. It's fine. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, it's just you know, it's something else." Yeah, yeah. So with that, I feel like now is a, a good time to start wrapping up the show. Brandon, for anyone who might have joined us halfway through or missed the top of the show, go on ahead and tell the kind folks out there who you are, what you do, and all the places people can find you. Yeah, uh, I am Brandon Cole, a creature of many hats. I'm an accessibility consultant and advocate in the video game industry. I work with game developers to help them make games more accessible to the totally blind. Yes, that's a real thing. We really do that. And there really are blind gamers out there. In fact, I'm one of those too. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash superblindman, on YouTube on at, at youtube.com slash superblindman, and you can follow me on Twitter and continue to ask me questions if you like on twitter.com slash superblindman. I encourage all of that. Not to mention my website, brandoncole.net, is where you can find my blog, uh, my media that basically contains a page filled with a bunch of other things that, that I've been in and articles that I've done and things like that. And uh, the Breakdown Walls site, breakdownwalls.net, is where you can find the movement that I co-created with my fiance, the Breakdown Walls movement. It is a movement to bring people together from disabled and non-disabled uh, gamers, streamers, general human beings, just lift each other up, support each other, and be awesome. Um, that's the idea. So that's that's me. That's where you can find me. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. Green, what's coming up on your channel? I don't know. So many things, so so many things. Um, I uh, recently uh, got back into Destiny Two. Um, I've been off of it for a while, and I'm gonna be going into that. Um, Apex is coming out with a new season. I'll be talking about that. Uh, I'm thinking next week. I'm super excited for that. And then, uh, so I need to get some practice in, um, because I've also not been playing Apex like I should have. So, oh uh, yeah, you can catch me at twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Elite. Um, also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the fancy things. So, uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, Padre, what's going up on your channel? Oh, all right. So tomorrow is uh, going to be a Zebos Funhouse. We're going to put the mask and the paint back on, play some Dead by Daylight, and get real weird with it. Um, but more importantly for me, uh, this is something I'm super excited about. I'm going to be streaming from both the official tiny build YouTube and Twitch channels. Uh, I'm going to be streaming not for broadcast on both of those with the release of chapter two on Thursday. Um, I, I've had the press copy for a while, but I chose to go ahead and reserve to reserve the idea of playing it for now. So that way, whenever 
we go live, we can get some genuine reactions for it. Um, so that's that's kind of a big deal for me as an indie gamer. It's I'm really really excited. Um, after that, after finding out what I did before the stream started, the medium releases in two days. So starting Friday morning, I'm going to start the medium, and I'm not going to stop until that game is done. Um, after that, I'm going to continue down my board here. So I have uh, Omori after that, which is an Undertale esque looking game. Not I don't know if it is or not because I haven't tried it. So. That ought to be fun. But if you would like to check any of that out, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash RevSpin. Um, I've also got some stuff coming up on my YouTube channel. Um, going to be doing some original content for it, uh, which is also just, you can find me youtube.com forward slash RevSpin. And then you can find me on every social media platform, including TikTok, where I'm kind of a big deal right now. Uh, it, not. Um, I, I did get banned recently on live, which is fun. Um, but uh, you can find me literally every social media platform that's not youtube or twitch at revspin tv excellent um coming up on my channel uh i'm still trying to just i'm working right now just to beat fallout 4 um i'm playing some minecraft but i want to try to finish fallout 4 because there's a mod for fallout new vegas that i want to try um and hopefully be able to talk about on the show relatively soon um other than that, not much really going on for me. Oh, uh, I forgot. Uh, I'm working on a Pokemon Nuzlocke series for YouTube. So that's only on YouTube. So you guys can check that out on, on the YouTube channel. Um, we had a very interesting start. The first episode went up uh, Saturday. If you guys uh, missed it at all. Um, other than that, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Danny K. D-A-N-I-E-C-A-E and uh that's really gonna be about it um let's wrap up the show here uh question of the week again this week courtesy of mr brandon cole if there was a game made about you would you hire a voice actor to play uh yourself or would you play yourself uh you guys can leave a comment in the youtube comment section or you guys can tweet at us um if you guys missed any part of the show this week you guys can find us on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found if you guys want to help support the show, uh, you guys can leave a like, subscribe, leave a comment. The best way, though, to help support the show is by telling your friends. Uh, and I think this is a great episode to go share with friends, um, especially if you have anyone who in your life who is, you know, maybe sight impaired and wanting to learn more about the options available to them uh, for gaming. Uh, just before we leave, one more big thank you to award-winning... <laughs> accessibility there it is <laughs> consultant it is. brandon cole for coming on the show we appreciate you for coming on and thank you uh, as well and i encourage questions you know if, if any of you guys I, I i really do mean it if you guys contact me uh with questions i will definitely answer them when i can so encouraged yeah so thank you very much for coming on the show and guys until next week keep fighting the good fight stay healthy and we will talk to you later bye Kiss love it. you bye. Bye.